680 WPTF, this is Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi with us. Now, Tim, what's your what's Hello. your companies again? Uh, Handy Helpers at handyhelpers.com and Highland Residential Roofing. And pretty much you can do... You know, yep. you know, and we've got several nuts. other businesses that we're involved in, all construction-related, gutter business, dry right. suit, cross bases. So they say, you know, what kind of houses do you work on? You know, broken ones. You know, you... You just go ahead and anything you, you got going. Well, and we try to catch them before they're broken. Yeah. So they're, yeah. All right. And today and this hour, Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate. Hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. We've Thanks been for having, having me. We've had a wonderful chat here. We haven't, you know, off the air, but we haven't talked about, you know, doors and gates and garages. Is primarily your work with garage doors? Yes. Our company strictly installs um, garage doors, gates, operators, um, controlled access entry, uh, commercial, residential. Um, but we don't build garages and we don't build the openings. So is it something that, that somebody who's building garages, they just don't want to deal with the door and they, they call you when it's finished? Exactly. We generally have, um, we have new construction, which are the builders, yeah. just a portion of that project. And then we also uh, do a lot of what we call retro work, which is just anybody who owns a home, yeah. um, they have a garage door that's uh, just getting old, or you have a, maybe a teenage driver who didn't hit the right pedal and, uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, well, and now you need a, yeah, a new door. I've seen several of those. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, a neighbor had to replace his garage door because somebody tried to steal his truck. And it <laughs> rolled right in. You know, he had one of those driveways where, uh, if you put it in neutral, that, that's where it goes. Yeah. So. It's, uh, they're, they're not warranted against, against that. Yeah. Hey, Chris, a uh, question. Um, so the metal doors versus the doors that are metal with insulation, what, what are the – so, for instance, my house, it was – I think this door was put on in the late 80s. And it's a metal door with no insulation. Comparing that to a door that has insulation, what type of R value differences are there? Or sound, what are the advantages of going with one insulation versus not? There's generally uh, three types of construction. You're talking about a basic construction, which is going to be a Pandor. Pandor has one layer of steel. Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of them, they have the... Uh, the design imprinted on it. You mm -hmm. can see the design in the front. Mm -hmm. You can see the design in the back. Mm -hmm. Those are a good basic door. They don't provide, obviously, any insulation value. Uh, additionally, if the sun hits them, um, south or west particularly, it's going to bake that door, and it's going to radiate that heat in, really bake your garage. So we generally recommend some layer of insulation. The basic insulation uh, will be put vinyl-backed insulation in that same door. It's about two inches of vinyl with a vinyl backing on it. I'm sorry, two inches of styrene with a vinyl backing on it. And that gives you a good basic um, insulated door. Mm -hmm. We generally recommend getting a steel-backed insulated. So mm -hmm. now you have steel on the front, steel on the back, mm -hmm. and insulation in the middle. So that gives you a much more solid panel. The inside is a nice, clean uh, sheet of steel. The um, insulation is protected. So if you ding it or something, it's not going to tear and, and rip. Um, and then with that style of door, you can have four different flavors. You can have an inch and three-eighths thick or a two-inch thick. And you can have polystyrene, like a beach cooler, or you can have polyurethane, like the spray foam. Mm -hmm. And you can have R values of uh, six and a half, uh, nine, 12.9, or 18.4. So most walls in your house are going to be uh, about an R15. Mm -hmm. 
So you can actually get a door that is higher in R value than your walls, which you would only really need if you were going to condition your garage. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a, a flex space, a gym, right. a man cave, something like that. Then when you shut that door, you now have a wall that's going to keep that heat in. Is, is there air going to move around the door? There's weather seal now that, that seals the door on all sides. Yeah. Okay. So obviously it's not a perfect seal, um, but yeah. again, if you, if you install it correctly um, and maintain it, um, it'll be a good tight seal. So the polyurethane insulation versus a polystyrene, I guess. What's I, I guess that one is the the polyurethane one is the one with more R value. The higher yeah, R it's value. a denser insulation. Okay. So just like they they do the sprayed in foam now in so the like houses. Closed cell versus open cell. Is that what that is? We we don't do the closed open. I think all of ours are closed okay. um, because it, there's no need for breathability like there would yeah. be in a roof situation. Right, right. So how much heavier is this door? Say that if if we went with the top of the line door versus the basic just metal door, how much more weight difference, or what is the weight difference between that basic metal door and say the um, polyurethane metal line door front and back? And I would say you're probably jumping up a factor of maybe twenty percent uh, between the non-insulated to the first polystyrene um, inch and three eighths. Mm-hmm. Door, then you have a two-inch polystyrene. Not a big difference there. Then when you jump up to the urethane, you know maybe a ten percent to twenty percent between the inch and three eighths to the um, to the two-inch thick. So depending on the the size of your door um, and the presence of glass or not, insulated glass or regular glass, all those are going to. So what's a basic steel door weigh approximately? The, the most basic steel door is going to be about 85 pounds, just a basic 8 by 7. So when you say 20 to 40% more, you're talking about another 20 to 30 pounds? Yeah, you might get up like for a single door, you get up to 120, 125 mm-hmm. pounds, okay. uh, maybe 130 with a 2-inch. Okay. And do you recommend that you go with a, uh, a heavier-duty uh, garage door opener when you move up to that heavier weight? Not door, necessarily. Not really. Once you get past a certain point, like an 18 by 8 door, will step up because the operator is really not lifting the door. Mm-hmm. The spring system that the door comes with does all the lifting. Yep. A, a balanced door, any garage door you have in your home, if you lift it halfway up and let it go, it should stay yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The springs are lifting that door all the way and relieving the weight as it goes up. Um, the motor is that the operator is simply overcoming the initial momentum, both opening and closing. So if it's correctly sprung, a half horsepower is pretty much all you need for any door. If you get to a very large, uh, we have overlay doors, which have additional weight on them. Um, we have uh, wood doors. We have wood-like doors. So these doors are much heavier construction, and the momentum is, is fairly serious. So that's when we'll go to a, a one-horse or a special operator that can just smoothly handle that weight without wearing the motor. Yeah, I'm a believer in um, higher horsepower. In uh, most cases. So, so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when I buy a garbage disposal, instead of yeah. buying the basic quarter horsepower, I'd rather move <laughs> up to the half horsepower because <laughs> my philosophy is that it'll last longer okay. during, yeah. because of normal, you know, during yeah. normal use. Right. That, that's true. When I replaced my garage door opener, I went from the quarter horse or half horse, whatever it was, and it had only been in there five, six years. So when they came out to do it, I said, uh, I want three-quarter horse. 
And he says, you don't need it. I said, I want it. And uh, yeah. it just makes me feel so much better to know that I've got something that's hopefully going to last three times as long, even though the door's lighter. Would you? If everything is maintained, right? Um, it's going to, I would say their lives are equal. The, the damage to doors generally, or the damage to motors generally comes when the door malfunctions. Somebody puts a rake in there, right. uh, the spring breaks and you just keep hitting the button cause you don't realize. And then you're then now you're working the motor. So do you recommend, um, having the doors checked every so many years for preventive maintenance? Oh, absolutely. It's people, I call the, the garage door the Rodney Dangerfield of the house because mm-hmm. it gets no respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. largest moving object in the house and it gets zero maintenance. Yep. You know, it's, it's Until it breaks. My, my main oh, I can't open the door. I can't get my car out. Yeah, then you pull out the phone and it's an emergency. It's yeah. not, it's yeah. not um, something you plan. But if, um, if I ask somebody, when was the last time you changed oil in your car? Oh, well, it was about three months ago, mm-hmm. you know, 5,000 miles. Uh, when was the last time you, you lubricated your garage door? Silence. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're supposed to lubricate? <laughs> I know it does move, but I'm supposed to lubricate it? Really? So you're supposed to have a can of that, uh, That what is that? The um, Grease? The grease, yeah. Yeah, uh, they've got generally- uh, Or is any, there newer things now for that? Well, there's some nicer ones. The older ones are a little, like the white lithium grease is a mm-hmm. little gooey and, mm-hmm. and thick, um, but they have some nicer ones now. They're non-silicone based. They uh, What they do is they adhere to the to the metal and you, you lubricate very sparingly, you know, just on the hinges, anything that moves, you know, very sparingly. And then the spring up top, it's a big coiled spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spray that more liberally. Yeah. And that gets, because that spring is winding against itself constantly. All right. How about WD-40? Oh, no, absolutely no. not. No, okay. WD-40 is a solvent. That's, really? Uh, oh, yeah. That's going to take all your grease off. I had one customer who called me, a very nice man, um, German, who was very – was, I love Germans because they take care of machines. And they're mm-hmm. the only oh, – yeah. mm-hmm. this is it. This is yeah. what I'm going to – and he said, I have, I have lubricated this, you know, every uh, – Week mm-hmm. since I moved in, yeah. and, it sa- and I, it sounded like a train. It sounded like somebody took a train, turned it on its side, yeah. and, and dragged it across the parking lot. So he's actually removing the uh, the lubricants. He was the yeah, any bit of grease that was on there huh. from the factory is gone. Wow! And, and so I stopped by, and I had our little lubricant that we use, and like you know, ten minutes and silent. Well, when we get back from break, yeah, we'll talk about that lubricant again. Very right. important. So people Simple. know. Yeah. All right. So, and the other topic we're going to get into is how do I readjust those little light things at the floor, the little uh, sensors? Because I can't close. Well, I can close my garage door, but I got to fiddle with it. That's our okay. number one number one problem. If Skateboards, you are, bicycles, exactly. Rakes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm telling you what. I have to. I push the button and I, I force it to come down. Yes. I override the the safety feature and I just make sure there's no children there. That's the way I do it. But we're going to figure out in the next uh, little bit how I can fix this. Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate is uh, with us. Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing. And Dave Alexander, and I don't do any home construction at all. This is Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, Making Your Home Great. Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing. Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate, and myself, Dave Alexander, News Radio 680 WPTF. If you want to jump in and be in on this conversation, we'd love to have you here. 919 860 9783 is the number. 919 860 9783. Chris Barron brought up a 
a good point about maintaining your garage doors. And you're right. We just ignore them. We, it's, no respect. Honestly, <laughs> you, if you're looking at a house and you notice the garage door, either it's a super fancy garage door or it's run down. It needs replacing or painting or whatever. If you notice a garage door, there's something wrong. That's the other aspect yeah. of no respect yes. is some of these garage doors can take up 30% of the front of your home. Sure. And I've seen people do whole makeovers on their on their home, new windows, new doors, and they have this big honking <laughs> garage door that just screams nothing. So, again, I'm in the business, so I notice it more, but – it's just funny how people don't even see it as a part of their home. It's not a part right. to be maintained. It's not a part to be. But now it's a, it's it's a much bigger trend. They've come out with a lot of garage doors that have a lot more style now. They yeah. have a lot more pizzazz. Yeah. They can really match your architecture. Yep. So it's really a, a over the last couple of years a big trend to you know to to, to get that garage door happening. Um, a lot of shows are are doing makeovers just on the garage door. So. And garage doors seem to have come a long ways. I remember growing up, uh, living in Fayetteville, we were on a, a split-level house, and we had a two-car garage, and that was a wood door, and it had to be every bit of 18 feet across. <laughs> and there was no machine to lift it up. You you lifted it up yourself. Was and it was it like the um, – I mean, my only reference to this is the uh, the, 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 the Cunninghams on uh, Happy Days. Yeah. Did it lift up? And then sort of slide back. You know what I'm talking oh, th- about? Those are knee knocker doors. My, knee my, my grandparents had that because you pull it out towards you. And if you weren't paying attention, oh, no, you get it right uh, in the shins. I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. All right. This house was built in the 70s. It was, it was, it was on the, still on the track. Yeah. yeah those um, are the standard doors. Those yeah. wood doors were it. That was yeah. all you could get. You yeah. could have any door you want as long as it was that wood. door. Yeah. So, there's yeah. a, so I should establish some sort of maintenance schedule for my garage door. Should I Absolutely. figure on a couple of couple of years? Every couple of years, calling yeah, is every couple of months. Well, you'll listen to it. You'll hear it. It'll start making noise. Yeah. Um, like anything else. Yeah. Um, you'll 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 hear it. It's just a bunch of metal pieces working together. Yeah. You want to inspect it. Check. It's got you know, hundred or so screws on it. Yeah. You want to check. Make sure everything's tight. Like anything else, because all sense. the parts go together. If one part fails, that whole door can. Get well, cattywampus. Well, and that's good. Chris, talk about the um, spring life that we talked about there for yeah, a Yeah, the uh, springs wear and, out. And, 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 you know, if you don't want to burn up your your garage door opener, you need to look at spring. So let's talk about spring life. Yeah, and that's probably most people's experience with their door is their spring breaking. Uh, we get a lot of calls. People say, hey, I was sitting at home and I heard this big bang. I didn't know what went wrong, but I knew something went wrong. Yeah. Then they'll go outside and look around. And at some point, they notice their door will either not work or just go up like a foot and then stop. Yeah. Because if that door weighed, you know, say there's two springs on a double door, the door weighs 400 pounds. Now your motor is lifting 200 pounds. It's not designed to lift 200 pounds. But those springs that come with the door are generally... Uh, have a cycle life. Yeah. A 10,000 cycle life is standard in the industry. So if you add up how many times people use their door, a lot of people use it as a front door. I know I do. That's we come in and out all day. Um, So we're going to use it six, seven times a day. At least. So multiply that by 300 days a year. Um, You've got, uh, you know, 210 times, uh, 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 2,100 times a year. And then you've got, Five years of that, that's 10,000 cycles. So your spring yeah. is designed to break after 10,000 cycles. Hmm. 
Uh-oh. And uh, mine's fine. If the, if there's two, <laughs> <laughs> still working. What? It's still working. The door goes up. And if there's two springs, if yeah. one went, yes. the other one's going to go. They have the same cycle life, so they're yeah. gonna they're gonna go at the same time. But. Brenda has a rusted garage door question. Hi, Brenda. Welcome to making your home great. Chris Barron with custom door and gate, and uh, Dave Alexander and Tim Feruzzi. Brenda, go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, garage doors, the bottom panel on the outside rusts easily. And once a year when we power wash the house, we paint that section. Is there anything you can put on it to keep it from rusting? Once it starts rusting, it generally means you've gone through the factory paint process. Okay. Um, so a lot of the factory paints are designed uh, to resist rust. Um, a problem is a lot of people will uh, power wash, actually, when the house is originally built, they'll power wash with a muriatic acid solution. Okay. Um, so anything like that will start to eat through the paint. Uh, once okay. you're down to, to metal, it's pretty much like any other metal product. Um, you have to sand it, yeah. hopefully not through the door, but no. uh, <laughs> get, get through the rust. And then they have rust inhibitor that you right. you know, a Rust-Oleum type paint, um, but it just becomes Rust-Oleum. a standard metal that's been exposed to air. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Brenda, thank You're you welcome. very much. One comment I would make to her, too, is, is obviously she can replace that bottom panel possibly if that door is still made. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's uh, very much a Ford Chevy thing. Yeah. You have to have the manufacturer. The manufacturer has to still, been in, still be in business, and they have, uh, have to have not changed their design. Mm-hmm. Um, both in the meeting rail, the way the the sections work together, yeah. and also in the way they look. Um, but and you can help. You can help with that. Absolutely. If, if you send us a picture of your door, um, we can usually uh, determine what it is. There'll be stickers on the inside of the door mm-hmm. um, that should determine the manufacturer, and stickers on the edge of the door that will tell model and style. The other thing I'd make a comment too about yeah. that about that caller that just called in is. Um, how much water are you getting at the base of that door? Uh, sometimes that's that's a telltale sign of other issues. So maybe installing a gutter yeah. over that area would be a good solution or, or trying to deal with the drainage in another way. And then also making sure you have that weather stripping that you can attach to the bottom of the door that keeps it up off the, off the uh, concrete. Mm-hmm. Some should help as well. And as far as addressing the rust, um, there's a product called OSFO, O-S-P-E. H-O, and it's actually a, uh, I believe it's a phosphoric acid, and it'll, if you prep the the metal correctly, you know, sand it down, scrape it a little bit, you put this chemical on it, it is a primer slash rust converter, so it'll take the rust and turn it back to a metal. Yeah. And then you turn, and it's a primer as well, but you'll, what I've done is you let that set up for a little while, and and you gotta be careful of how you use this stuff, because it is an acid, and, um, Paint it, yeah. prime, prime it with a good primer, and and I would think you'd want to use a an acrylic primer, and um, then put whatever kind of paint you want. Which usually on metals you stick with acrylic products has been my understanding. So that's one way to possibly resolve the issue if you don't want to go to the next level, or at least try that route. Yeah, and also avoid any oil-based paints. Generally, the manufacturing paint process um, will react poorly with an oil-based yep. paint, and it'll actually peel off the entire. Yeah. We've got about two minutes to talk to Jane, and I don't want Jane to feel left out. Hi, Jane. 
Good evening. How y'all doing? Good. You're on with uh, Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate, Tim Feruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing, and Dave. What do you have going on? Uh, I heard part of the other conversation, but I recently purchased a new garage door, and uh, they I complained because when the door comes up, it's insulated, it makes noise, you know, it jerks, so it sounds like it's loud when it gets near the top. Is that standard, or do I... I asked them if I had a, a motor that was strong enough with the LiftMaster, and they said, yes, it's just because it has that chain on it and makes noise. I guess I assumed it was going to be quiet. Did you replace the motor and the door together? Yes, same time. Okay, and if you were looking for quiet, did they recommend a, a belt-driven motor? Um, no, they didn't. For quiet, you're going to want... Uh, a belt-driven, because the chain motors are only so quiet, they can be lubricated and made a little quieter, um, but their nature is metal on metal. So th- that may be part of the problem, but you indicated that it uh, it pops or or does well, something near the top. When it gets to the top, it kind of sounds like it jerks, but it's, they said it was because, you know, when it reaches that point, it's just lifting itself up. And I they, I they, balanced, they made sure it was balanced and everything, and everything they did worked. Jane, Jane, hold on just a moment. This sounds like we're going to diagnose this, but we need more answers and questions, okay? <laughs> Would we just hold on, because we're going to do this. We'll get to the bottom of this this door thing. Okay. I think I, I my question to her is going to be in the next break is, is it doing it when the door's up? In other words, is it continuing to pull? I don't know. I don't know anything about these things. That's why we've got Chris Barron here from Custom Door and Gate. We'll uh, bring you more information on making your home great next. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. Dave Alexander along with Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing and Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate. Quick AccuWeather forecast, sunshine today, high near 51, chilly morning. We go to work with a 32-degree overnight uh, low. And then for Sunday, a high near 50 degrees. Monday, a high near 44. 51 now, real feel 46. News Radio 680 WPTF. And we have, uh, I've stranded her on the line. I'm so sorry about that. Um, But Jane and Carrie waited. Jane, how are you? I'm fine. You have the classic jerky garage door as it reaches the height of its what ascent? All right, as it, as it gets as far, does it make this jerky noise, especially at the end of the pull? Yes, and I went and checked my husband. He says we do have a belt. Well, you do have and, a belt. Okay, good, good. We do have a belt, and it's a four section. It's a just a double car garage. All right. Yeah. One thing you can do, uh, Jane, is you can find out. Um, if the problems come from the door or the motor, by disconnecting the two. And then you can run that door up and down with your hand, and you may be able to feel right where that jerk is happening. Um, and you, you might be able to even see what's causing it, because something may be misaligned. A roller, sometimes a roller sticks into the hinge, and it goes up and it goes up, and the pressure builds, and then all of a sudden, pop. It'll pop out of the hinge. So you said your door was relatively new, so that's it not, uh-huh. it's not likely the cause, but it's, it's a possibility. Um, but 
that would be the first thing I would do is uh, put eyes on the door, move it up with your hands, try to see exactly where that, that noise is coming from. Okay. And and then that'll zero it down because it really is a, a kind of a broad problem where a number of different things could be the issue. So if she can't solve the problem herself, would you recommend that she calls either you guys or the other company to come out and take a look at it? Yeah, if it's within a year, uh, whatever company put it in, uh, we'll be glad to come out on a warranty um, and yeah, take a look at it. Yeah, the guys put it in came out, and they're the ones that said, you know, it's nothing wrong with the door nor the uh, lifter. It's just when it gets on that track, it makes the noise. And I don't know exactly. You may have like a low headroom track. You may have something uh, set up that's uh, other than standard. So, um, and there is always noise associated with a garage door. It's never going to be completely silent. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's what my husband says. It's not going to be silent. I wanted it quiet. You know. Jane, do you do you have a bedroom above the garage door? Yes. Are Are you the one in the bedroom? And is this no, a thank you. no? No, because that can be a major thing. You know, people know, know when know. that gar- when you, if you're in that bedroom, people know when the garage door is going up. Yes. So when they uh, when they put in a new door in the uh, door opener, the track was replaced at the same time, Jane. Yes. Yeah. We had a new track yeah. put in also. Yeah. And I'm going to assume the the rollers on that door are nylon uh, steel rollers. Yeah. Are they are nylon? They are nylon. Okay, and that's that's the quietest setup you can get. Um, so uh, I can't, without seeing it, I can't really tell what is causing it. Okay. But if All you right, can well. look at it and see, again, it's a smooth operation. You have wheels and a track. They're going, you know, they're going up and down. Um, they're, again, it's going to have a standard hum to it. Generally, the low uh, vibrations are what travel through the house members and create noise in the room above. Um, so if it's just that, that's one thing. But it, but a, a, a distinctive pop um, is probably something you can identify. Okay. And if you All want, right. you can send pictures. Um, and if you go to our website, customadoringgate.com, okay. um, you can send us those pictures. We have a form. And um, we can look at them. And uh, like I say, maybe we like to help diagnose. And if it really is a problem, we can come out and do a service call Um and then maybe have one of our guys look at it. All right. All right. Thank you very much. I have one other question for you. Sure. How do you get oil stains up off the garage floor? <laughs> that's Everybody a tricky one. That <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's – if you can figure out how to do that effectively, you'll be a millionaire, I think. <laughs> my, wife, my wife and I have actually solved that problem. Here's, here's what it is, Jane. You buy a new house, and you keep the boxes from the move – in the garage. Never use it for storage of automobiles. If, if it's fresh oil, I've had success with kitty litter. Yeah, kitty um, litter. So if I've, uh-huh. if I've spilled oil or something, I'll throw kitty litter on it, and that will absorb as much as you can. But once it's in there and it's set, it, it soaks pretty down. much part, yeah, of the, it's it's part of the concrete at, the, at some point. She can't okay. really even paint it, can she? Uh, you, might, mean, you might be able to call uh, these guys, Jane, that um, have these diamond etchers. And um, they're expensive, though, and they can, they can diamond etch the whole floor, creating yeah. a profile, and then put an epoxy over it. But I'm not sure what their disclaimers are on that and how well that really works. My neighbor has got a black and white diner design of tiles. He put floor tiles in his garage. Mm-hmm. It looks like a brand, like a 
like he should hang stainless steel up mm-hmm. on it. That's a possibility for you, Jane. Just cover it up. Yeah, I, I'll work on that. All right. I'll thank you, Jane. Appreciate you, Gail. All right, thank you, Jay. Good luck. I did, I did not lie about that. This guy's got a great garage. Yeah, we've well, seen she's, some looks like amazing. she's looking for a great garage. She, she, she wants, wants a silent door and beautiful floor, and that's good. But you know, the whole something about getting something new, you do have that anticipation that it will be perfect. Right. And it should be. I mean, you put in garage doors. When, when you leave... After doing your work, you want everybody impressed. You want the wow. The key is to set expectations accurately because we had that issue when the belt drive motors came out. We said, these motors are quiet. They're silent. Big mistake. Yeah. Because they're very, very quiet. And compared to an old chain motor, people are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking for that silence for the room above – and and the key is that low that yeah. low hum that's always going to get through and they do have kits where you can isolate it with neoprene washers and and really reduce it but it's very hard to get something that big again the largest moving object in the house yeah that big is moving back and forth it's going to make a noise and that kind of reminds me of when you say selling a, a a silent garage door of seeing those commercials on TV where they're selling hamburgers and they make the hamburger look so beautiful and when you want yep. to go to get it. It doesn't look anything like it. Not even close. <laughs> never does. So the lubricant, never... the lubricant that you had, that we were talking about earlier, what what do you recommend and where can you get it? The simple lubricant is at Home Depot or Lowe's. Just look on it. It'll say um, for garage doors. They actually okay. make it specific now. It's just a non-silicone. The silicone, if it sprays over, it'll actually ruin your ability to paint the door because ah. it puts a coat on there that'll not accept yeah, paint yeah. anymore. Um, but again, you want something that's lightweight, yeah. adheres to the metal, and it's and a just, spray? It's a spray, spray generally. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's a non-silicone spray. I'm spraying it on the track. No. No. Never, never on the track. I, never on the track. That Where attracts do I, dirt. What do I do? Because the, the track isn't making a noise. You have If you have oh. nylon rollers, yeah. uh, then cleaning the track would, would be your best bet. But you have, you have hinges. Each hinge is moving back and forth, and you have a metal on metal at every single hinge is probably you know, 15 or so hinges really? you know, on every okay. door. Yeah. And then you have the spring above. And you have the rollers in the hinges. There's, they slid into the uh, and they're yeah. rolling. Yeah. Um, and so anytime metal hits metal, it creates the opportunity for noise. And if you hit all those things, it'll quiet everything right down. But, but not the actual wheel or – Yeah, never the wheel. Never the wheel are, itself. They're either solid nylon or sealed bearing, so you don't want to – You remember that door I was talking about that I grew up with? Yeah. I remember my dad had a big half quart or quart of grease – Around and we used to grease those. Yeah, white lithium grease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, and that's maybe. the way it was done then, I guess. Yeah, those were metal rollers, and they did create the noise. But yeah. again, yeah, it, it back to the Rodney Dangerfield. No respect. People just like, okay, they just slap this stuff on. And we, well, I didn't realize rollers were now nylon. I've still got metal on the house I live in now. I have, yeah, installed in the and they're good and heavy duty. They're just louder. So the new nylons are you know plenty strong to handle any door. And the track's still steel. Steel, yes. And when you say the wheels are nylon, is the is the actual shaft metal? Shaft is steel, yeah. Shaft okay. is metal, and then it has a nylon roller on the end, hmm. or a sealed ball bearing. The higher end, stronger hin- uh, rollers are going to be nylon ball bearing rollers. Hmm. All right, we're going to talk about residential gates in just a moment, and continue. If you have a question of Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate, or 
Tim Feruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Um, and I want to mention Tim's uh, websites, uh, Handy Helpers, that's handy with a Y, handyhelpers.com and highlandroofingnc.com. I think if you Google either company, you, you get Tim pretty quickly. And uh, Chris, what's the website for uh, uh, custom? Customdoorandgate.com. Customdoorandgate. And that'll tell you our, our uh, other company name is customoverheaddoors.net. We have That's a commercial division and a residential division. Mm. All right. Very good. Um, and, and a lot more. Uh, join in. Our telephone number, 919-860-9783, News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680, WPTF, making your home great. Every Sunday from 2 until, sorry, every Saturday from 2 until 4, we're going to be here. Tim Ferruzzi and I, Tim from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and uh, Dave Alexander. And this this day we've got uh, Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate. Anything you want to ask about your home, we'll take the phone call. We just heard from Chris during the break that he's done a bunch of other things. Chris, what other things, not that you're volunteering for for these activities, but what other things have you done inside a house? I've spent my life in construction. I couldn't seem to get out of it. I would go I would go away to college, yeah. and but you didn't make money at college, so I would come home and do, you know, framing, roofing, you know, whatever it was um, to make money. Yeah. And... I got good enough at it that my relatives would invite me over for dinner, and they would say, <laughs> and caveat. by the way, bring your tools. You know, I have something to look at. And so we did some decks. Yeah. We did some renovations. But uh, I'm, I, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. You swung a hammer a lot. Yes, quite yeah, a bit. Did. Well, it's okay. good to know some of that stuff since you're installing doors, so you've got some information handy. Yeah, and we look at a situation we can fix uh, yeah. odds yeah. and ends. My uh, son-in-law just bought a house. His son-in-law and daughter just bought a house. I was very impressed. The garage actually has the doors in the back, which I thought was really nice. Really. And, and, and you drive around the garage. But before you drive around the garage, they've got this hydraulic system. The door opens and a remote control and everything. This is a, a their high end compared to me. They've got some sort of access gate. Can You, you do that sort of thing, don't you? Yeah, we have a gate division, um, and we do all sorts from the basic uh, residential gates to the more complicated, um, like the airports, uh, apartment complexes, any type of access control um, to to with the the card readers, whether yeah. it's built into the car or you have a, a swiper. Um, so it's it's very popular these days. It's necessary, um, and a lot of places shut down if they don't have that access control working. Hmm. That's it. So how expensive is it for something like that? Say, say I've got an office and I want and I've got a sixteen foot chain link fence, and I want to add the device that will move that chain link fence from one end to the other as I'm driving in. How expensive is something like that? Is that a five thousand dollar event? No, that's. I mean, you're you're going to be north of ten thousand dollars in in a situation that 
depending on the size of the gate, mm -hmm. the make of it, because it depends on if you need a slide gate, do you have room for a slide gate? Do you have to go to a swing gate, which is a totally different setup? Mm -hmm. But the important thing to understand is you're going to need the access control. You're going to need a, uh, a, a place where people can phone in and ask for access mm -hmm. or key in or swipe their card. Mm -hmm. um, when people are leaving, uh, you're going to want loop detectors in the ground that since the car is leaving, mm -hmm. open the gate automatically. So all these things um, kind of make the system work as a whole. Uh, commercially, it's generally straight up. It's in the residential situations, people don't appreciate that it's not going to work unless you have all these things. Yeah. There's even something called a Yelp detector where you have a nice, beautiful gate on your home. Yeah. And one day there's an emergency. So the police are going to pull up or the fire department is going to pull up. Yeah. And they're going to try to get in. And if for some reason nobody's able to let them in, they're going to hook a chain to it and they're going to back up. Um, so yep. we offer a Yelp detector, which actually senses the, the, the uh, siren hmm. and reacts to the siren. There's an emergency. It opens it. So there's a lot of wow. different features to a gate to make it a complete functional system. So mm -hmm. it's not – not something you ever want to do on the cheap yeah. um, because it's just going to result in more trouble than you have now without the gate. Right. We, we, uh, I grew up in a very, um, well, blue-collar community. My dad saw the neighbors. He's putting in fencing around his house, and he, he's about to put in this. Okay, and my, my dad's sort of a trickster. He just he brings me over. He says, Davey, take a look at the neighbors. See anything wrong? I don't see anything, Dad. See that fence he's got? Yeah. He's going to put a, a, a sliding fence in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. The fella didn't account for the fact he had to park his car, right, and get out and open the fence. This was not, you know, he didn't have a push button. So, you know, you have to pull it in across or away from the road. If you're going to pull your car in, then get out, open the gates, take your car. No. I don't know whether he had people working doing it but it's not a do it yourself the no. project is it no not at all that that's far beyond that like i say you you can operate your garage door for a few hundred bucks it's yeah. easy put it in it works great yeah gates a totally different animal it's just got totally different logistics to it um so generally it's it's a much higher end if you need that security or you want that privacy it's generally a little higher end clientele mm -hmm. Um, I personally don't need that kind of privacy. <laughs> yeah. You don't need. You don't worry about the people just coming up and knocking on the door. I mean, it's a, well, no, we actually we're don't. the Kool Aid House. So when I left, every neighborhood kid was oh. over at our house playing, and that's that's the way we like it. <laughs> Come on in. What the? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> fence we fence the backyard, not the front yard. Exactly. A lot of us. All right. Well, Chris. So, so yeah, when you ahead. do that, I'm sorry. So Chris, when you do that, you're not the one installing the fence, or the, I guess the gate. You would have a fence. There would be a fence company that would supply the fence and Correct. the gate, and then you're doing that part of it. As yeah, far we as making that. Yeah, mobile. we partner with the fence companies because the key is going to be the gate uh, construction. Right. Because depending on how you operate it, the gate has to be built a certain way within certain specs. Leverage issues. Yeah, house, hinge placement. Span, because yeah. if you have something that's going to swing the gate, there's very specific setups right. um, that have to all have to be met. The posts have to be put in a certain way. So we focus on that aspect of the job, uh, making sure the posts are solid and straight, uh, can handle the weight of the gate, and over and long term. I'm sure term. landscaping plays into that too, and, and also the 
the, the, the lay of the land. Well, it does. You actually need all kinds of power out there. If you're yeah. going to have a video feed, you need cable. You're going to need Ethernet. You're going to need 110. Um, you'll need all kinds of, of wires Put a refrigerator out there. out there and everything. There you go. <laughs> I want a little guard station out there with a mannequin. That's what I want because I want security and, you know, whatever. All right. We've been talking with Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate. Can you stay with us? Sure. I'd love to. All right. Chris has set some time aside. So have I. And uh, so is Tim Ferruzzi. With Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing. Gentlemen, what else are we going to talk about today? Oh, we've got a lot. Um, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, Chris, you guys service all of the Triangle? We do. We, we have do. Uh, four locations. Four locations. In Raleigh, uh, Fayetteville, Greensboro, and Greenville. Okay. So we cover pretty much the eastern half of uh, North Carolina. Our commercial division does pretty much a whole state, some of South Carolina. So your, your location over on uh, South New Hope Road, it covers... Durham, Pittsburgh, Chapel Hill. All those, yep. All of those. And you've right. got a bunch of crews that go out and do this? We do. We have a good number of crews. Holly uh, Springs carry yeah. the, whole, the whole shebang. Well, gentlemen, we'll pick this up after our news broadcast and uh, um, everything uh, coming up on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, second hour of Making Your Home. Great. And today, you can even extend it to the garage, making your garage uh, great. Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate is our guest. We are Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing. And Tim, I keep forgetting to mention the websites. HandyHelpers.com, HighlandRoofingNC.com, unless you pronounce it the other way, in which case it's Highland Roofing. NC.com, yep, yep. right? Highland Residential Roofing, and, and that's our that's website. Right. All right. Yep. And and the telephone number, if you just want to contact Tim about something in, in your home, 919-676-5969. That's 919-676-5969. Now, Chris Barron's got two websites, at least. Chris, what are your websites? We have customdoorandgate.com. Uh-huh. Uh, Custom Door and Gate is our residential division. And we have customoverheaddoors.net. Okay. There are two different sites that go to the same place, but we just have two different divisions, so each uh, customer knows who to go to. I'm, I'm typing in one of them. I was on the – I think I was on the um, non-residential. The, the... It, it'll take you to the same site. And oh, it it'll, will? It'll, okay. Yeah, it'll just uh, – depending on your search, you might get sent to our commercial division or, or residential division. It's one of those websites where you can see – immediately what it is that they do. And we talked in the first hour about uh, uh, residential and uh, garage doors. And if you have any question about that, here is our number, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Tim, you got the first question. So, so Chris, um, on these doors, are they still using glass as far as the yeah. windows, or are they using more of a Lexan product? What? Generally, it's glass. It's glass. And actually, there's a, a lot of uh, really beautiful doors that are full glass that came from the commercial division. If you look at uh, firehouses, yeah. you'll see a lot of big old full yeah. glass doors. Yeah. Well, they've converted those over to fit on uh, residential homes. Wow. So on a contemporary home, it looks fabulous. You'll you use must have a, a very clean, neat garage to have one of those. Ah, uh, thus the frosted glass comes in. Oh, <laughs> they the have frosted, frosted glass. in a 
obscure glass, so it gives you a real nice look, <laughs> a lighted look. But I did have one customer who uh, who wanted the glass, and she said, I want clear glass. And we said, well, you know, they'll see into the garage. And she says, I have very nice cars. I would like my neighbors to see those cars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're very proud, clear glass is yeah, the way I to go. I saw a show last night where they were selling a house for $350 million, wow. and he's supplying – uh, 10 cars that are in the house as part of the house because it's part of the it's the art of the house nice. and the cars alone are worth three or four million dollars so wow. i thought that was that was out in la some out malibu or la there's a couple of garages around here that are show i mean they look better you than my living room. Yeah. exactly yeah. and there they are and we had to hide the motors and everything was hidden and you look at it it's like you're in a living room except yeah. there's a ferrari i went out to yeah i went out to a uh a, a, Speaking of which, I went out to a house with uh, Jim Bankany, yeah. who has been on the show here several times. And uh, we walk in the garage, beautiful home, walk in the garage. I had, they had two or three garages, actually. So we walk in one of the garages, and uh, you could eat off this floor, and, and there's a nice, beautiful Ferrari just sitting over there in the uh, garage. Nothing else, nothing on the shelves, just it's yeah. housing the car. Just the Ferrari. Right, right. And I, I love to see garages as more. Since I'm in this, it's a bit of a, a niche industry. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's, it's fun to see that where, I mean, people take it to the max. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the tile floor you mentioned, I, a fellow yes. we worked with had uh, two tremendous motorhomes, a full bus size motorhomes, one for he and one for his girlfriend. And he yeah. had these, and everything was pristine. It was the black and white tile floor. Um, they were like 14 foot tall doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would back his motorhomes in. And everything. Man. I mean, his benches, his ca- it just it was it was beautiful. Speaking we're, of which, next yes, week one yes. of the things we're going to be talking about for everybody to know is is bioaerosols, and we're talking about things being clean and spick yeah. and span. Bioaerosols is going to be a heavy topic next week, uh, probably from three to four on this show. Bio aerosols, yeah, mold, mildew, oh my, yes. pet dander, things like that, hygiene, that kind of thing. So yeah. keep keep in tune for that. We had uh, we have a family member who is a. Uh, I'm not going to say anything negative about her, except that germs are an issue, yeah. um, and and dust is an issue. The kind of person who puts a cup down and puts tissue paper, you know, a napkin over it. Yeah. Um, and and that's uh, that's well, an there's important. Ex- thing. There's extremes of, of of all that, but but I tell you what, bioaerosols are very uh, and non bioaerosols, yeah, chemicals that uh, you know, um, chlorine or things yeah. like that. So we're going to talk about that next week on the right. show. If you have a question for either of our uh, gentlemen here, Tim from Handy Helpers and Chris from Custom Door and Gate, we'd love to hear from you at nine one nine eight six zero. Nine seven eight three. Both can kind of expound on any of the problems you might have because Chris Barron has some uh, experience beyond just the custom door and gate area, and so does Tim because he's working it uh, every day. If you got a roofing issue, definitely uh, talk to us uh, or anything that's that's inside your home or or building, you know, yeah, or building or or commercial building. And actually, I have a question for you, Tim. Yeah. Built my home in 2000, mm-hmm. standard crawl space. Newer technologies is the sealed crawl. What does it take to convert my standard crawl to a sealed crawl? Right. Well, there's not necessarily one step that, that you have to do. You can do a variety of steps. Um, you can do something, uh, if you want to go full-scale 
uh, dry sealed crawl space, you'd eliminate your foundation vents if you have foundation vents. And uh, you would typically have a dehumidifier. You would uh, insulate the uh, exterior walls with a, uh, a foam. This is under the house. And then you'd come in with a real thick mill plastic, if you will. And that's going to be like a, you know, like a shower curtain on your head. A shower, not a shower curtain, yeah. but a shower cap on your head. Yeah. Like that, but upside down. So it's over the ground. It comes up the piers, and it's caulked or adhered to the piers. It also runs up the foundation walls, up to the wood, and it's fastened. So and basically, you have to seal all. You have to the... seal that. So okay. essentially, all the moisture that's trying to come from your ground up, and you know, eighty-five percent of what's in your crawl space ends up in your home. So dry sealed crawl spaces are good, and we do those. Um, you're stopping all that moisture from coming up from the ground into your house. And that's how you do it is by doing an upside-down shower cap for less of a proper way of saying it. I'm stunned. And a dehumidifier is necessary, and yeah. you've got to get rid of your crawl space, your um, your foundation vents because you're trying to eliminate the Now, the a dehumidifier, now how about if I drop a vent? I heard you drop, have to drop a vent from your heating system into it or something? Uh, no, I mean, there's different ways to do it. You can do it that way. There's, Like I said, there's different steps. And, and, and a lot of people don't have to go full-fledged. You can do some things as simple as uh, adding sand under your house, a high-grade sand with a 6-mil plastic. You can just add a 6-mil plastic. That's what uh, I currently have. I have a 6-mil six six plastic down over. Yep. Again, the, the wisdom at one point was 80% of it it's covered with 6-mil plastic. And now it's 100%. So I did one recently where... Uh, we covered 80%, or we didn't cover, the previous person covered 80% 15, 20 years ago when the house was built. And we came in and just put another 6 mil plastic right over the existing, and we covered 100%, and um, seems to be working. Um, and then, you know, if she has to go to the next step, then maybe eliminating the foundation vents and then putting in a dehumidifier. Um, you want to eliminate the foundation vents because if you have a dehumidifier under the house, obviously oh, yeah. you're just you trying to dehumidify the world. So you <laughs> got to eliminate the foundation vents to do that. So, uh, and then, so there's various levels you can take. And, and I've gone out to properties, quite frankly, where they thought they needed the dry sealed crawl space. And I, I just assessed what was going on outside and I realized that uh, they've got drainage problems off of the roof. So something as simple as putting up a six inch gutter. And, and draining it with oversized downspouts and in some cases taking piping that underground to a yep. ravine solved their problem. So it took their percentage of moisture in their wood under their house from 22%, which is dry rot levels, down to 18%. So only a 4% difference drop by doing something as simple as that. So you want to make sure you solve the source of the problem and not just try to fix like a Band-Aid doing a dry sealed crawl space, but then you still have all this stuff dropping outside your house that's yeah. putting pressure on the dry sealed crawl space. All right. I may, I may talk to you about that yeah. in all right. days to come. You're listening to uh, Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate, Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers, and Highland Residential Roofing. I'm Dave Alexander. We've got Rich on the phone. We're talking with you in just a moment. You want to join in on this conversation? It's, it's for you. You can ask almost anything about your house. 919 919- 860-9783, News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680, WPTF. Telephone number 919-860-9783. And making your home great, Tim Ferruzzi, 
along with Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate, and Dave Alexander just kind of, you know, sitting back and enjoying the conversation. We've got Rich in Fuquay. Thank you for waiting. Rich, what can we do for you? Well, my question is of an electrical nature. Uh, we have a lot of electronics in the house, and I have surge protectors on most everything, but then we just got a new dryer that has all kinds of electronics, and the surge protector for that on a 230 volt is very expensive. So I wonder if it was worth hooking up with Duke Energy as far as they will install a surge protector behind the meter, and it's like $7 a month plus 40 some dollars for install. Huh. Huh. Uh, you know, uh, um, so you're looking at, uh, preferably you'd like the surge protector to be on the dryer itself, but you're thinking about doing the whole house with a surge protector? Is that what you said? Yes. Well, I mean, surge protector, do you have problems with lightning down there? Uh, we've had electrical blackouts, you know, that last storm in uh, October. Mm-hmm. We are out for, you know, a number of hours, mm-hmm. and we had the electric goes off, you know, for uh, sometimes just a couple of minutes back on, off mm-hmm. a couple of minutes back mm-hmm. on. We're underground uh, in the subdivision, but, you know, overhead wire and the rest. Yeah, you know, I don't have enough technical experience to really answer that question uh, the way I should. I would think you would want to contact uh, um, Duke Energy, maybe, to answer that question. Yeah, they're or, well. Or, they're, they have a or, product or a service. I think it's a product, uh, actual hardware mm-hmm. that they install, mm-hmm. and you now, just pay a flat fee every month. He so, says he says seven dollars. Seven bucks. Yeah, I think it's kind of odd if the water company said to me that occasionally the water's going to go bad and that you would pay me $7 extra and I can guarantee you the water won't go bad. That's the metaphor, right, Rich? Right. I, I think the electric company, like you're saying, the electric company should, should take care of that. have surge protection on yeah. everything coming into my house. Every yeah. now and then, we will break all of your expensive electronics, but <laughs> wait, just wait. I got a seven dollar deal for. I don't want to lose them as a you know as a friend of the program, um, but I just right. a, a house surge protector might be a good idea if you've got thousand dollar TVs in every room, right, gentlemen? Yeah, and it depends also if your house is prone, like uh, yeah. Tim was saying, because I had a buddy. He must have been hit like four times in in four years, yeah. and it blew out his AC. It blew out, you know, TVs, computers, everything. Mm-hmm. I've been in my home sixteen years, have never had no an issue. So I'm always wary of it, and I yeah. guess it's like a home security system or an insurance policy, where maybe tomorrow I'm going to get hit by A, B, and C, and it's going to cost me a deductible. And how does yeah. that weigh against, you know, either the Duke solution, which sounds good for Duke and good for the customer. That's mm-hmm. not too expensive. It's mm-hmm. 70 bucks mm-hmm. a year or actually yeah. $84 a year. But, um, you know, you can also do a whole house surge protector built into your into your main box. Um, so I've, I've never done it, but I've always weighed the cost. So, yeah. Rich, what maybe they put that surge protector on the dryer because of that delicate electronic system that they put on the dryer. What does the dryer do better than my standard dryer that just has five buttons and a, and a dial? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's fairly, you know, just new as a couple months old. And Can you turn it on by the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> Is it hooked to the Wi-Fi? 
that's Alexa. She's going to do that with the new GE. The, yeah, yeah, there is a system. She's right. He, he's, Alexa, dry my clothes. Right. Alexa, dry my clothes. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here and I don't want to walk across the room. All right. Well, Rich, I think that we've opened the can of worms, but we don't really know what, what your solution is. Do you have okay. a lot of delicate electronics that are plugged not, in right not, now? Not really, but like the gentleman just, Jim or Tim just said, it, like the AC unit. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I have a $1,000 deductible in the house insurance, and yeah. so, you know, those things can add up fast, but that's a big hit to start with. with a, well, the other option is to continue to listen to News Radio 680, WPTF. And whenever we tell you a thunderstorm's headed, just unplug everything. <laughs> hey, I went to a house that, uh, I've been to several houses that have been hit by lightning. I probably worked on four or five of them. I remember one years ago, back in 1980, must have been 1988, yeah. 89, something like that. So, uh, young guy, uh, young children, and uh, they got a bunch of battery-operated toys around the house. Yeah. And so, lightning hit his house. Uh, it turned on all the battery-operated toys in his house, <laughs> in the neighbor's house, <laughs> and uh, blew out the nails on his cladding. He, you know how you do vinyl sliding on a house? You have yeah. these clad, this metal cladding around your facial work. Blew out all the nails. Just shoo, shoo, just backed them right out. Respect electricity. And it, and it did ruin you know, some of his equipment, his TVs and computers and things. I keep a surge protector on my computer. Yep. But I really don't do it on other things. I probably should be more cognizant of that. I think that the whole house surge protector sounds like a neat idea. Yeah. Rich, thanks okay. for the call. Thank you. Good Thank luck. You. Rich from Fuquay. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate. Tim Ferruzzi, Handy Helpers, and Highland Residential Roofing. But, Dave... I don't want to say and Dave. But Dave. Oh, but Dave. I'm it's just, definitely uh, and Dave. I'm just kind of, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> you know, we have, here's, a, here's an issue that people have always thought about, but I don't think it's, it's true. When I first got a remote control for my garage door, I thought, I'm going to drive around and see how many garage doors we're sold just, by the same I company. I was just thinking about that. Absolutely. Good just question. Push the button and see how many. What, what do you think about that? Is, it, is that even a possibility, Chris? Not today. It was at one time. Yeah. There was a time when the airplane could fly over. Yeah. And it would, um, it would open doors and the frequencies were just mixed. There was no hmm. real coding on it. <laughs> and uh, now they have rolling codes. So every time you hit your remote, yeah. it recodes with the opener. And they have billions. It's like your uh, security on the web. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's very little chance that somebody could get your code and open your door. It's more likely that when you add a remote yeah. and you program your motor, yeah. it doesn't work for some reason. Okay. So you try it again and it works. But the reason it didn't work is because as you did it, your neighbor drove by and pressed his button to open his door. As he pressed his button to open his door, it now programmed to yours. So whenever he opens his door, it's going to open or close your door. <laughs> so we get that a lot where it's just, just cross-programming. I'll tell you, it's nice to have a garage. There's a lot of people that don't have garages, and it's a privilege to have a garage and have a door opener where you can drive your vehicle in and get it out of the elements. Yeah. And 
you know, close your door behind you and then go into your home. I absolutely love it. I, yep. I had a regular size garage, which is just too small. I built houses for several years and we always made the 20 by 24 with a 16 mm-hmm. by 7 garage door. And I just found that I could fit one car in there, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of bikes, maybe a rider mower. I couldn't take it anymore. I was young, yeah. spry. I built a 30 by 36 garage for you. with two doors. We park in. You can walk all the way around the cars. I, yeah. I, it's my favorite feature. When it's pouring rain out, yep. I drive in, get out, <sighs> yep. no problem. When it's ice storms or, fr- or even the morning, yeah. no scraping windshields, no defrosting cars. I'm, I'm a huge fan. It's a so, so quality going, of life. Going back to the thing about two doors versus one door on a two-car garage, what's your recommendation? Well, it's mainly aesthetics. Um, okay. Not, not, a, not a durability thing? Not a durability thing, really. Not with the doors today. Okay. But if you're turning into your garage, if you're coming down and turning into a side load, yeah. um, you want one big door. Because if you have two singles, that's when people take out the center column. Because <laughs> it's just too tight to take the swing of the car. If you're driving straight in, um, I like I like the aesthetics of, of a two-car. Some people like a uh, – then it's strictly up to you know what you think. Everybody should gauge the uh, skill set of the spouse – Will yes. also be driving the car into the garage. Well, are the sixteen-year-old uh, yes young ones that are starting to learn how to? Drive. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I've like, done a few of these repairs. I bet <laughs> you. you <laughs> yeah, and you know, luckily insurance takes care of it, and um, I think in some cases um, there might even, might not even be a deductible if it's your car <laughs> hitting your house and you're insured under the same company. <laughs> There might be some benefits. My there. my kids are ten and twelve. We haven't haven't yeah. come to that that point in life yet, but I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to not looking forward to it. Let me just tell you, my daughters were little stair steps, the three of them, and they're now out of the house or you know in college. And I think that happened in about fifteen minutes. So I'm just telling you, yeah. The next time you think of this. They'll be 23 and 27. You know, it's it's I, already too quick for me. So yeah, we're trying, trying to enjoy it as, as much as we can. Any house questions, call us up, 919-860-860-9783. Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers, and Dave Alexander. We are on News Radio 680, WPTF. I'm not convinced that, that we need to keep this format the way it is. News Radio 680 WPTF. Triangle Trader. Here's the thing. The conversations during the commercials in the news here in the studio go way off topic. This is making your home great and all sorts of other things. You want to talk, I don't know, movies? 919-860-9783. Chris Barron from Custom Door and Gate. Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Let me give you the uh, websites for Handy Helpers. That's just handyhelpers.com. And HighlandRoofingNC.com. Talk to Tim at 919-676-5969. 919-676-5969. And if we want to get in touch with Chris Barron or check out the work that you do, Custom door and gate. Custom door and gate. Yep. Um, if you Google it, you will end up with the company. You sure will. You sure will. But the what are the websites? Customdoorandgate.com and okay. customoverheaddoors.net. Well, this is easy. 
I'm just going to do this com, dot com. So, so, so customdoorandgate.com. So, so how often should I get my garage door inspected or prevent a maintenance? You said – We uh, generally do – we recommend yearly. Every year, okay. Um, and you send a sales tech out and there's a minimum charge to do that? They just kind of look over things and check things? Yeah, our, our basic service fee is 111 plus tax. Okay. And we will come out there. We'll go over the entire door, the motor, check limits, check um, all your UL325 and your motor, make sure all the safety mechanisms are working. Mm-hmm. And obviously all the, 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 the door hinges and such will be uh, tightened up. And So do you guys also do... I know your name is Custom Door and Gate. So if I've got an opening that's an odd size, can you guys order a door that will fit that and maybe also fit the look of my house? Because you see some of these where people want barn doors, something that looks like a barn door or something. And the big thing in the industry now is there are so many different looks. They can fit the aesthetic of your home. They can fit the architecture. And look more like something that's part of your home than some big box in the front yeah. of your house. Yeah. In addition, um, we're very good at custom setups. A lot of people are doing the car lifts in the garage, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll want that door out of the way. So we can high lift that door all the way up the wall to your ceiling. Wow. Um, we can put in a special operator called the jack shaft operator. It mounts up front. So this will keep everything out of the way of your airspace in your garage and you can lift cars. We have people that uh, store cars above cars. They'll have three yeah. garages and put two cars in each garage. Yeah. Um, so it just maximizes Sometimes your space. Sometimes four if it's deep enough. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like if you're a car collector or yeah. car enthusiast, um, there's all kinds of different setups we do that, um, again, makes the, the door work for you rather than you work around the door. And we were talking about this off air a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, you see these beach homes that have... Um, these uh, roll-up shutter-type things over their doors and maybe even garage doors and windows? Do you guys handle that kind of thing? Uh, generally, those are shutters. They're, shutters. The ones I've seen at the beach are a little more basic. They're kind of a plastic pull-down for basic protection I'm in a hurricane. where you push a button and it, you know, it's, it's automatic. You just push the button and it That closes. would get closer, right, to our rolling yeah. steel, the shutters we yeah. do. Yeah. We do those also in hospitals. Right. Um, concession stands, uh, and then you see the standard rolling steel on about every commercial building out there. So those those are serious solutions. Um, At the beach, we normally go with a standard uh, sectional door. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll just go with a different material. Since steel and wood don't last very long at the Mm -hmm. beach, we'll we'll go to a a vinyl-type door. Um, Are there fiberglass garage doors? There are, but they're again, they're more decorative. They would be yeah. good at the beach, but they're they're more of a high end decorative. Because um, I know a lot of front doors and things I'm replacing, or, or storage room doors, I'm using fiberglass. Right. And I found those doors to be, uh, you know, hold the paint better. They don't rust. They seem like they're more secure. Uh, we and we actually Clope has a line of uh, fiberglass entry doors that we sell as well, mm-hmm. and it's just great. You can get all kinds of wood grains, all kinds of looks. You're not going to get any of the of the rot of wood. Um, any of the maintenance required, um, we have that with the garage doors. We used to sell a lot of custom wood doors. If you draw it on a napkin and you pick your wood species, we can have it built. Wow. We've ah. done some amazingly you know, beautiful doors. Uh, they're expensive to start with, and then they're constant upkeep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To a certain clientele, I want what I want, and I want this, and we can do it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Again, I used to renovate you know, old homes and love real wood. Mm-hmm. 
I personally would not have it in my home because I'm too lazy. Yeah. So, and too you cheap. You want maintenance-free. <laughs> right. So, uh, maintenance-free. Um, so You're not again, lazy. You just work all the time. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I You're work. lazy when you get home because you worked all the time. I work so day. hard, I'm lazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sam, I know the feeling. Sam and Raleigh's got a question about a do-it-yourself kit for encapsulated crawl space. Sam, how are you? Doing fine. Tim, I just wanted to know if they offered anything like that. I've started on it, but... I didn't know if they offered uh, a membrane-type kit to roll up to the sides. I've already done my, um, you know, penetrations through my crawl space, steel, all that up, but I didn't know if they offered, you know, the, yeah. the white membrane or anything like that that I could do myself. Yeah, there's a... Uh, I've, I've looked into that. There is a company out there that I think is in this business, and they're a fairly large uh, provider of dry-sealed crawl spaces that will actually sell you a package... Um, that you can buy from them for several well, thousand dollars. Square footage underneath the house. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's several thousand dollars, and then you do it yourself. Okay. Well, I, uh, do you know the name of the company? Or just I, I don't remember. It's been about a year since I looked into them, but I'm sure you could Google Dry Sealed Crawl Space, and you'll find them because they're a big player in North Carolina, and um, he's selling the package. And I would think you could do that yourself. Is you know, there a, a certain thickness on that on that membrane? That well, he's got. There? I don't know what his are. Uh, then there's varying systems out there. I, I yeah. think it it's it usually it's from ten mil up, um, and there's different types of material. Um, so I would just Google it, and and you must be quite uh, motivated to do that yourself. That's a that can be quite well, a job. It's a, it's a very expensive deal too. It might take me a couple years, but I'll get it. <laughs> All right, well, go for I it. appreciate the help. Yes, sir. Thanks for All calling. Right, thanks. Thank right. you, Sam. And, and of course, the reason you would do this is because of moisture. Yeah. Moisture in the crawl space. It damages the wood. Potential for mold, right? It, it, yep. Bioaerosols. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Bioaerosols. Bio is that a way to, to knock those back are the, the things, mold, those avoid are the, the mold, or oh, yeah, remediate? Yeah, yeah. it's... it's uh, well, again, you got to start with the source. So you need to check things like your roof, your yeah. gutters. Yeah. How well are you taking care of your house? If you're, is your siding or your windows rotting? If all these are problems, yeah. don't do a dry sealed crawl space yet. Address those things first. Sure. And then maybe the dry sealed crawl space is not needed. So yeah. start from the outside and then work work to that point and uh, check your landscaping. You know, how's your vegetation? How's the lay of the land? And um, so all that needs to be considered, you know, yeah. when you make that decision. Well, and you had to, you've had a couple of chances in the last six months to see where the water goes. Yeah, we've had some good soakers. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and when you do that, you should what wait a day, look underneath the house. Well, and and we have moisture readers and uh, you know professional moisture readers, not like a little twenty dollar item. I'm talking about a, a very expensive item where you go and you poke under the house and you yeah. check relative humidity, absolute humidities, and and, and pin prods, and you, you figure out what's going on. You mentioned that the uh, the bug guys actually test that. Why is that? Well, you know, um, so if you have a contract with uh, Clegg's or Terminex or Orkin or somebody, they come out and typically do an annual inspection when you sign up with them. Yeah, and uh, they're looking. You know, they've they've uh, they've uh, treated your house with chemicals yeah. underneath usually. Right. And uh, so they'll come out as part of their program and and inspect under your house just to make sure that 
their warranties are intact because the last thing they want are for termites and things to damage your property and then they're on the hook for replacing all this damage. Yes, they are. So they'll send someone out and they'll yeah. do poking and prodding and uh, check to see if there's moisture coming from anywhere that shouldn't be like a, a leaky toilet or yeah. bathtub and they'll tell you, hey, this is a hot spot. We're not going to warranty this area on your house. You yeah. may not warranty your whole house because of this. You need to have this addressed. And then, you know, uh, situations change. People take trees down. Neighbors take trees down. Maybe they just built a big subdivision right behind your house. Yeah, yeah. So now you're dealing with water flow issues that have changed. And then I think in general there's some other things going on in the environment that are causing water tables to rise. So, you know, it may not be the way it was two days ago or five years ago. So you need to have these things checked. Right. All right, gentlemen, um, AccuWeather forecast coming up in just a moment. The uh, gentleman in the uh, studio with me, Chris Barron of CustomDoorAndGate.com. Let me just call the .com and then we'll you know, get people to the website. CustomDoorAndGate.com, yes, sir? Correct. All right. And, of course, you heard from uh, Tim Feruzzi of HandyHelpers.com and Handy Helpers and HighlandRoofingNC.com, which is Highland Residential Roofing. But find them on the web at highlandroofingnc.com or call 919-676-5969. You could call an expert and have them charge you for coming out to the house, or you could call in the next 14 minutes and talk to two experts, not me. If you take my advice on home repair. We're turning you into an expert. Right, right. I will find an expert for you. Uh, 919-860-9783. Uh, get a sense of what your issue is and uh, you know, call us up. 919-860-9783, News Radio 680, WPTF. 51 degrees at this moment, with that being our high. Tonight's overnight low, 32. Sunday morning, your low is 32. And Sunday, it's going to warm up to about 50. And Monday, partly cloudy and 44. It is 51 with a real feel of 44. Making your home great on the air. Last segment, jump on 919-860-9783. We're with the Chris Barron of Custom Door and Gate and Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing. And the, uh, Gene from Morrisville has got a question. This sounds like a bad story. Jean, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. What's going on? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. You're uh, welcome. We had a home inspection not long ago. There was uh, nothing, the uh, roof was pretty even. However, the inspector said the roof is gotten to this age. So we got a roofer, uh, replaced the roof. However, um, the back section of the roof, uh, there's a section is kind of dipped in, kind of caved in. Uh, just uh, no even. So uh, we, uh, I got an inspector back to take a look at it, and and he said that uh, uh, there was a couple of uh, loose uh, plates uh, um, uh, connecting the trusses, and uh, we are worried about there be more than to it because the place uh, you can you can tell from the picture all the nails are hanging halfway. However, the unevenness on top of the roof, uh, you can tell from the eyeball, I think there might be more than just a loose plate. 
uh, I'm just wondering, could it be anything else? The uh, some could it be anything else? There's any other issue could have caused the dip. All right. Um, you know, I think that that's probably the problem. Uh, when you're doing a roof, you shouldn't have any issues with dipping like that unless it become okay. unless it's a structural issue um, mm-hmm. or a piece of plywood gets broken. And more so than not, um, mm-hmm. it would be something like what you're describing, which is uh, it sounds like it's a, a pre-engineered truss. And yeah. um, there are usually mm-hmm. two by fours or two by sixes, and they're put together mm-hmm. with plates on the joints. So. Yeah. Sounds like you need to have that redone, and maybe some stiff, mm-hmm. uh, some stiff arms put up inside the attic. And um, mm-hmm. you shouldn't need an engineer or anything to to tell you how to do that. It's just a matter of putting everything back the way it was, and maybe adding some additional supports and things like that. As long as you're not altering the trusses, and and Understood. and and that may mm-hmm. help as far as you know. You have to uh, they have to be jacked up a little bit, and mm-hmm. got to find the right places to put the uh, supports so you don't crack through a ceiling or something or mess anything else up uh, that way you can that way you can try to get the roof leveled out a little bit but i'm not uh, i'm not sure that the roof will ever go back to uh, its original uh, condition but uh, it's possible you just have to try it and see when did okay. you gene when did you have this roof replaced how soon uh two weeks ago no mm-hmm. and i think that's coincidental i don't think the roofer did anything yeah that would cause no. that unless they were taking uh, maybe some shingles, the bundles of shingles they take on the roof, yeah. and maybe they stored them all in one spot, or they were dropping them like crazy cool. uh, and, and causing all kinds of uh, uh, mm-hmm. noise and racket on the building, which could actually shake th- some things loose. But that's, r- that's, that's real rare for that to be the case. Oh, I see. Okay, so uh, would it be all right for me to go back to the roofer and ask them to fix it, or I, oh, I need to get... Yeah, I mean, I would uh, think you could. I don't know that you have to. I don't know that you can require them to fix it. I think you might want to call mm-hmm. them and, and apprise mm-hmm. them of the situation and and go in the attic and look at what it is and see if there's anything that they could have done that would have caused that and just kind of okay. see. It sounds like you trust your roofer. The roofer, uh, you have a good relationship with those guys. Maybe well, not. What? <laughs> if you have yeah. to think, so so you should the probably call no. them and if you haven't already, and just have them look at the attic with you and and just kind okay. of get and, and also talk to the inspector and say, hey, mm-hmm. um, does this look like it would be related to the roof, or is this something just coincidental, mm-hmm. or have really? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know what happens a lot in this business, me being in it thirty years, is mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. do things on people's houses and then they start noticing things that were mm-hmm. always there. Yet they mm-hmm. start questioning whether you were the one that caused that problem, mm-hmm. and and sometimes mm-hmm. when you're working on a house, if you have mm-hmm. a pre-existing problem, uh, mm-hmm. there's really not much you can do about it if you if you mm-hmm. didn't see that it was a possible uh, mm-hmm. issue. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, we just had a house inspection about a month ago, and then we replaced the roof about two weeks ago. So, just I say, um, oh, Gene, Gene, mm-hmm. you mean you had somebody in your attic looking at your trusses? And then Correct. a um, couple of weeks later, somebody did the roof. And now a couple of weeks after that, the nails are coming out of the plate that secures Correct. the trusses. Correct. Hmm. Well, that's going to be to your advantage if you have a previous inspection that said the attic was all good. I would oh, think yeah. that would point more yeah. towards the roofer. But again, okay. again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it could be mm-hmm. something totally different. And uh, mm-hmm. you might want to talk to the uh, previous mm-hmm. inspector and the the other mm-hmm. inspector. Were they the same people? 
different yeah, inspectors? Same person. Yeah, same person. Same he, person. Did a, he mentioned the same thing as you say. It could be the heavy shingle yeah. that laid right on that spot, which oh, is yeah. the, maybe the plate is starting losing anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, sure. Right. We'll go back to just try it anyway. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Gene. Thanks Jean. a lot. Yep, take care. Thanks a lot. All right, bye. bye. And you know, you, I mean, realistically, gentlemen, you're both in a business where your reputation matters. Mm-hmm. If somebody is going to be telling a story about you, you want it to be a really good story. Yeah. You, you don't want to be in a position where somebody, where somebody's upset about something and they don't call you back. Right. Give them the chance to do the right thing, the chance to look at it, the chance to explain it yeah. from their perspective. Some people you can't reason with, though. And I hate to say that. Yeah. I've tried and i tried and I always come back and look at things, but there's some people that no matter what you do or say, they're just not going to hear you. But that person yeah. is probably one in a thousand. So that doesn't happen. Yeah, the, the difficult thing I find is to always do the right thing yep. despite. Exactly. And like if, they're, if they're over the, the top and yep. they're wrong, you've yep. got to be able to say no. Yep. I hear what you're saying, but you're wrong. And other yep. times I've had doors that are in for 10 years and our guy goes back out and he says, you know what? This was never put in right. I can absolutely. tell from this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, take absolutely. care of it. No charge. Exactly. And that's, uh, that's the business then I want to you know, be. you can sleep at night. You oh, can absolutely. sleep at night and you're also going to get more work. And that's, that's the way I want every business to be. Right. You right. know, that's, that would make the world spin around nicely. Yep. Okay. I have optical sensors. I think that's the correct term. Yep. For photoize. At the, at the, what is it? Photoize. Photoize. Yeah, photoize. Okay. okay. At the base of my garage door, inside the garage, and they've knocked crooked. And my neighbor keeps telling me that, you know, you just kind of angle them to each other until the light comes on. Now, were you, right? were you out drinking late and tripped no, on them? Or no, I got to get, I put, the, I put the shovel in the garage and I knocked it <laughs> funny. Well, actually, I get that yeah. about once a month with kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. They knock them, they knock them off completely. So, so, um, so skateboards, do do? bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they are not that exact. For the photo-wise to work, yeah. you're going to have them at the same height. It should yes. be about six inches off the ground. Sure. They have to keep a little fluffy from going through and getting crushed. Yes. Um, but then once all you do is line them up so they look like they're aligned. Yeah. There's two lights. There's an amber light generally uh-huh. and a green light. Yeah. So the amber lights ascend and the green lights are receive. Yes. So when you put your hand in front of it, the green light goes out because it's not receiving. The amber light stays lit. Okay. So if you All look right. at both of the the photo eyes and the lights are lit, yeah, they should work. If that's the case and they don't work, yeah. that would mean they might be just on the edge yeah. where there would actually be a flicker in the green light, which is very difficult to see. I don't know why they built them that way, but yeah. that's the that's the issue. Then you just kind of move them around. And it's not it's not an exact science. You have a fairly decent field, but if they're off height that's where you're going to have a problem. Yeah. So you just want to make sure they're at the same height. Yeah. And if you snap them in place, line them up and make sure they're tight. Because um, if they're on a loo- if the screw is loose and the door comes down, it shakes the track, it shakes the photo eye and just yeah. knocks it out for a second, that'll so, cause a problem. So Dave, you've done all that and you're still having a problem? No, I am done all that. I, I try to line them up and then I go to the button and it doesn't line up. Then I go back and I try to straighten them again. Make sure I go there's back not a wire disconnected around the – is there a little wires on those? That we yeah, – there are two wires that go to yeah. the motor. But, again, if the light is lit, yeah. that indicates the oh, circuit is – Oh, on? Okay. Because it's a circuit. It's yeah. a – yeah, I entrapment That completes circuit. the circuit. That light, that, that beam com- completes the circuit. Exactly. Yeah. Now that I know there are two lights and the green light should go off, right? 
If it's disconnected. If I disconnect, if I walk in front of it, this is what I need to know. Yeah. Because my workaround is that I push the button and, and hold, hold it, it down. down, which is, you know, which it is works perfectly Particularly fine. when you're pulled out in the driveway and try to use your remote and it doesn't quite work the same. I got it. I totally understand. Well, this has been an insightful so, two hours. One yeah. other question. So yeah, if I want some more remotes, do I just go back to the installer and say, hey, I want another remote and they'll get me remotes? So if I want to do... Well, instead of having two have, remotes, if I want five remotes, I can get three more. If you have a one-minute, one-second answer, that'd be good. Yes. Okay, good. Come good. to our store. <laughs> there you go. Chris Barron of CustomDoorAndGate.com. Tim Feruzzi, Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. News Radio 680 WPTF.